from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Podcast episode 192, the Kessel Run. I'm your host Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, once again, we are here for another Kessel Run, uh, trying to get out as many episodes as I can for you guys, still covering material that you guys would be interested in. Uh, this time, I'm actually doing this recording in my kitchen. It's uh, pretty late at night here, it's about 12:45 or so. I uh, had a pretty long day, but I was like, you know what, I want to record another episode. I still got some energy in me, so here's where we are. Um, I don't know how the acoustics are here. Don't really want to wake up my wife, so I'm trying to keep the volume kind of low and everything else. She's always an amazing trooper when it comes to this type of stuff. I'll be recording just two doors down from her in my guest room that I've turned into my studio room. Uh, and it's, it's only two doors down from where she sleeps. And she does hear me do the introduction. It's kind of become a running gag in the house as far as how loud I get with the introduction and everything else. Um, and she just sleeps right through it. She's a heck of a trooper when it comes to that. She didn't know I'd be recording tonight. Usually she knows in advance. So um, I was like, okay, I don't want to record just two doors down from her and like wake her up in the middle of the night. So I was like, let me go downstairs. We'll record at the kitchen table and everything else. So Definitely have recorded in different parts of the house, and you guys maybe have been none the wiser at certain points of that. Most of the time I do record in my uh, guest room studio, uh, which is where I've just started doing the video recordings on YouTube. So I do have a YouTube video out there where I cover First Strike, the first issue of First Strike. So if you haven't checked that out or haven't gone to the YouTube channel in a while, please go uh, check that out. Uh, let me know what you think of it, too. I'm looking for some constructive criticism, like... What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Personally, I think it's a, an improvement over doing the blue screen stuff that I was doing before. But I want to hear from you guys, uh, you know, what you think of it and everything else. I will definitely be able to do more videos uh, in the near future. I have one already recorded. 
Uh, I have a couple ideas for a couple other uh, comics that I want to cover with you guys on a video review. So I'm back doing the YouTube stuff. I'm definitely obviously back doing the podcasting uh, a little bit more frequently now. Uh, I've got the Patreon episodes going on. By the time you hear this episode, very shortly after this episode, they're uh, being released. There will be a, another Patreon episode being released, which is the Fall and Rise of Hal Jordan. So I'm going to be starting down my run of Green Lantern uh, coverage and really covered that from a perspective of uh, starting with Emerald Twilight and hitting some key issues between that and Jeff John's run and then starting with Rebirth of Jeff John's run. So uh, definitely go check that out. I've made Patreon very affordable. It's $3 a month and you can you get all the content that's available to that would be available to anyone there. So uh, check that out. Like I said, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, really got a lot of things going, but really the main focus for me right now is to get a lot of these podcast episodes out because Baltimore Comic-Con is fast approaching and I want to get up to or at least close to episode 199 before I leave for Baltimore Comic-Con. And you, as you can imagine, being at episode 192, got a lot of episodes ahead. Now, I will say that I already have an episode planned out and scheduled with uh, John Thurman and Robert Atkins, and I'm hoping Shannon will be able to join us as well. We are planning out an animated episode, so I know you guys have been wanting one of those for a while. We haven't gotten together to do one for a while. We needed to at least have three of us recording in order to do one of those. It makes it the most entertaining. Uh, so we have one of those coming up. That'll be episode 194. Uh, I will have another Kessel Run episode coming up before that one. So just coming out fast and furious with those. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't mind. I certainly don't shorten up these episodes. I don't limit how much content I'm covering with any of these uh, podcasts are coming out just to try to reach a number. I still want to cover stuff that I think you guys be interested in, stuff I still want to talk about, stuff I want to cover with you guys. I did go to a convention recently. It was uh, Neocon here in Northeast Ohio, which is what Neo stands for. Uh, it was really cool. M my opinion, much better than uh, what I've experienced at Wizard World. Uh, and I think for people that go to conventions, I don't think that's too much of a surprise because Wizard World's kind of gotten a negative uh, aspect to a lot of com comic convention people. Um, I liked Wizard World. I thought it w it's definitely more of a pop culture type of con. Uh, it's really geared towards those that want to get autographs and look at a lot of different pop culture things. It's really not designed for a comic convention person to go to. And I'm hoping that'll change over the years for them because that is a big segment there that they're missing out on to make their, their conventions really great for a lot of people to come and stay for most of the day, if not all of the day. When we go to Baltimore Comic-Con, which we have coming up, we're there all day. We're there all weekend. And even if we lived in, it's not just because we're going to Baltimore, but it's, even if we lived in Baltimore, we would go to it all day because it is a convention you can spend all day at. Uh, there's a lot of things to see, a lot of creators to meet. Um, so there's a lot of activity going on. So uh, Neocon is something that's been growing the last couple years. It had been in a hotel uh, like hall type thing. And it was just too big for that. So this year they actually went to an indoor soccer center and took over the entire field. 
uh, actually two fields. And uh, it was really cool. There was some notable names there. Uh, there was Kevin Nolan, uh, who I had mentioned in a previews episode on the Patreon site. I was covering some, some things that he was going to be working on. He actually is going to be working on a Doctor Strange uh, comic coming out very soon as far as the main series. So he was there. I didn't get a chance to meet him because I didn't re- realize he was going to be there. So I didn't bring anything with me for him. Uh, I just needed to look at the guest list a little bit closer. Uh, I did get to meet uh, Daryl Banks, who was there. And he is an artist that many of you m- might know that are uh, Green Lantern fans. He worked on Green Lantern during the Cal Rayner days, the early days of Cal Rayner. Uh, was on that series for quite a while. Uh, he was awesome to me, and he grew up, you know, with the same type of 80s properties that we did. So I actually had him do a sketch in my 80s uh, Star Joe's sketchbook. He did Destro, and I posted that on the Facebook uh, group page. So, you know, if you're not a member there, uh, you should definitely request to, to join. It's completely free, uh, just like anything else on Facebook. Uh, but second I see you request it, uh, you're to be part of the group, I will go ahead and approve it. We've had a few new members, which has been awesome lately. Um, but the community is awesome. Everyone kind of contributes stuff. We've been talking about Force Friday stuff. What like what do people get? What are people excited about when it comes to the new movie coming out for Star Wars? Um, but I posted my picture from Daryl Banks there. I also recently got a piece of artwork from John Royal, which was a flint, and it is an amazing piece. I'm so happy to finally own something by John Royal, um, and he was super nice about it. Uh, he's over overseas, and he was communicating back and forth with me about getting this to me and everything. Uh, could not be a nicer guy. So uh, it's, and we've talked about this before on the show. It's always cool when you get to meet somebody who you enjoy their work, and they're also just a really cool person to, to interact with. So. Certainly the case for me with Daryl Banks, certainly the case for me when it comes to John Royal. So that was awesome. Uh, I will say also Daryl Banks, when he looked at my list of characters that he could draw, uh, he knew a lot of them. Uh, He pointed out certain characters like Shane Gooseman from uh, Ventures of the Galaxy Rangers and stuff. So he was like, you have very good taste uh, when it comes to the character selection. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we got to talk about some things, uh, when it came to Green Lantern and everything else. So, I'm definitely eager to share that when I, uh, in the episode, the second episode that I will record for the, uh, Green Lantern coverage and everything else. So, um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Tony Isabella was there and if you've ever met Tony Isabella, uh, or don't know who he is, I will say, uh, he has done a lot of comic work over the years. Uh, probably his biggest claim to fame is uh, the, as being the creator uh, and soon-to-be current writer on Black Lightning. Uh, he created Black, the character Black Lightning, wrote the character for quite a while, and there's going to be a new miniseries for Black Lightning coming out from DC, and he is going to be writing that as well. Um, if you've never met Tony Isabella, he Tony Isabella is his own fan, his own biggest fan. Uh, he's a very nice guy. Uh, but man, he can talk and he had a little panel going on and the panel that they had because of the venue, uh, they basically had a microphone and you could hear it over the speakers of the entire convention center. And 
Tony just talked uh, and and talked and talked and talked, and you, it was almost like uh, comic book commentary while you're going through the entire uh, location. Um, got to meet some really cool guys uh, that do uh, a Northeast Ohio uh, Collectors Club, and uh, they were awesome. Uh, looking forward to actually spending some more time with them. They just, they're into all the stuff that, that we're into, you know, Transformers, Star Wars, uh, G.I. Joe, uh, just Thundercats, He-Man, Turtles, all that stuff. Uh, so it was really great to meet them as well. Uh, had a really good time, hung out with uh, our friend Nick, uh, who will be at Baltimore Comic Con as well. He's been on the show a few times before. Um, had a lot of fun uh, hanging out with him at the convention as well. So... Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good show. I expect it got packed really fast. And so I expect that this convention is going to have to find an even bigger venue next year, or maybe try this one again one more time. But I really think they're going to have to move into a bigger venue, which is great. I mean, that's just to see a convention growing when we're seeing so many other things kind of shrinking. Like just recently, I saw a couple people post about uh, comic shops that were closing near them. So I'm hoping that as conventions grow, it'll cause a desire for more people wanting to read more comics and everything else because it is such an amazing hobby to get into. There was also at this Neocon, there was people there selling, you know, Silver Age and Bronze Age comics at a really reasonable price. Now, they weren't in the best of shape, but the prices that they were selling them for, for what they were, were amazing. Uh, I was able to pick up um, Tales of the Jedi, uh, which is neither Silver Age nor Bronze Age, but I was able to get uh, Dark Horse's Tales of the Jedi issues 1 through 5. I believe I had a couple of those issues, but I wanted to make sure I got the full run. Because one of the things that I'm doing, I think I mentioned on the show in the past, is that I am going back and looking at all the Dark Horse Star Wars stuff that I don't have any issues. I own everything of Dark Horse uh, Star Wars in one form or another. I either have it in trade paperback or a hardcover or in single issues. Majority of what I have is in single issues. Uh, so now I'm basically going back to, and it's a lot, it's a lot of the earlier stuff that I don't have in single issues. So your Dark Empire, uh, although I do have a Dark Empire now, uh, but like Dark Empire 2, um, M uh, Crimson Empire, Crimson Empire 2, the Sith War, stuff like that. I don't have all of it in single issues just yet. I'm, so I'm working on that, putting together a list of like what I still need, going to be looking for that at Baltimore Con. But uh, this definitely filled some gaps for me or a gap for me. So I was very excited about that. I'm not looking to, because I've had people ask me this, I'm not looking to get every single uh, cover, variant cover of Dark Horse. I just want to have a, a representative issue for everything that Dark Horse did that was Star Wars. Now, once I've done that, you know, you got that collector bug in you, I might try to go back and get some of those variants. That's going to be a bigger task, though, because... You have a lot of number ones that were out there that had a lot of different variants to their number one issues and a lot of miniseries and everything else. So, And then you have comic shops that some of them had special issues and everything else. So 
I think it's going to be a bit tougher to track down all the variants, but if I can get at least first tackle getting one issue of every single thing that came out from Dark Horse in issue form, that would be amazing. And when you look at, I actually wrote out the list of what I think I need, and I have to actually mark off some of the things off of there because I already know I have some of those early days uh, issues, but I wrote down every single thing that came out. And when you look at what I'm missing in single issues versus what I have in single issues and what came out in, in issues, um, it's a relatively small list of what I still need. So I'm very excited to tr hunt those down and track them down. And anyone that's gone to a comic convention knows what that's like. You know, you, you hunt down those issues you're looking for. And when you find really good copies of them at a really good price, it just, it can make your whole convention. So looking forward to that. Um, I know we're going to do some recordings uh, on the drive. I think we're going to do a recording on the drive to Baltimore Con, which might be episode 199. I don't know. Uh, it's a six and a half hour drive for us. Uh, I'll be driving with Chuck. So Chuck is coming. It is still confirmed that he is coming. So I'm going to be driving with Chuck and our buddy Nick and our buddy Travis, which you guys have heard is Uncle Teabag in the past. So We'll be driving down there together. Uh, we'll probably do a recording in the car, talk about the things that we're excited about, the things we're interested in doing uh, while we're there. Uh, I know our buddy Rock will be there, uh, and he'll be sharing a room with us as well. And then uh, I actually heard that Shannon will be there. So I know in the past we mentioned that Shannon would not be at Baltimore Con, but uh, I actually heard through the grapevine of people, not from Shannon directly just yet, but I heard through the grapevine that Shannon will be attending Baltimore Con. Uh, he'll be sharing a table with uh, Brian Shearer. So that's awesome. So that will likely be where people can find us. At least one of us uh, at some point is looking for Brian Shearer and Shannon uh, Gallant's table. So if you're going to Baltimore Con, that's where you can find us. I did post on the Star Joe's fan page uh, an event. I accidentally posted it three times because I was getting an error message, so I didn't think it took, but posted an event for the 200th episode recording, uh, which will happen Saturday night uh, on the 23rd at around 9.30. The convention ends, I believe, around 7 o'clock. We're going to want to go get some dinner uh, before we come back for recording, so we'll get some dinner. We'll get back to the, to the hotel lobby. There's a second. We'll be at the Hyatt Regency, and there's a second story or second floor lobby type area, uh, which can, is on the level, same level as bridges that lead right to the convention center. Uh, and in that area, there's a tape, there's some tables that are set up there, these longer tables. And that's where we were last year. And we did a recording there and for episode 175. And you guys heard that recording came out really great. We had a lot of fun. We were able to fit a lot of people at that table. Um, it was an absolute blast, and I'm looking forward to, to doing it there as well again this year. Uh, we'll take a picture and post it on the Facebook page uh, and post it on Twitter so that you guys know exactly what to look for and where we're going to be at at 930 that Saturday. If you were at Baltimore Con uh, or going to be at Baltimore Con this year and you want to join us, you are more than welcome. I will have free comics available. We're going to do a little trivia thing. Uh, I'll have some prizes for that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so I encourage you to come, even if you don't want to partake in the actual recording of the episode, like you don't really want to speak or anything like that, that's fine. Um, but if you do, you're more than welcome to as well. 
uh, we'll just kind of be doing a recap of like what the day was like, how things have been going, talk about Star Joes as a whole, uh, since it'll be 200 episodes. So we'll have a lot of fun uh, and I uh, hope you guys can make it. So looking really, really looking forward to it. So um, with that being said, uh, I'll save what I'm interested in most as far as with Baltimore Con outside of hanging out with people. That's really one of the best things about Baltimore Con for me every year now is uh, when I first started going there, you know, there were some friends there that I knew and, and that became a really cool thing and a cool reason to go. Now it's, you know, that's a major reason to go. Uh, there's probably about 15 to 20 people there every year that I know. Uh, and we all have gotten to know each other. So, uh, it's great. Like if you're coming and you don't know anyone there, you do because you know us and we'll introduce you to everybody there that we know and we all hang out and we have a great time. So don't worry if you're actually wanting to go, but you're like, I don't have anyone to go with and I don't know, you know, anyone there and the guys haven't met me yet. Like, that's not a problem. You know, we are, you've heard us mention it many times on these episodes. We are exactly who we appear to be on, on these episodes. Like the voice you're hearing right now and the personality you hear right now, <clears throat> that's exactly who you're going to meet when you go to Baltimore Comic Con. Same thing with Chuck, same thing with Nick, same thing with Travis, same thing with Shannon, John. We are exactly who we appear to be on this podcast. So there's a lot of times, and I've had it this experience myself, there's a lot of times where people do podcasts, they're kind of more introverted, they're not the most sociable people in the world, but they love, they have a passion for what they do, and they have a passion for what they're interested in, and their personality, because of that passion, comes out on, on a podcast, but when you meet them at a convention, they're n not the most sociable, and, they, and that's fine, you know, like, I've met people like that, and it's like, they're totally nice people. They're just like, yeah, I'm not the most sociable person in the world. Uh, and they'll tell you that right up front. I, again, I'm exactly what you see here. I have a blast. Now, once the weekend is over, I do take Monday off from work because I just need to recharge. I've barely got any sleep that weekend and been constantly on the go and constantly just, you know, Mr. Energy going. Um I'm wiped out by the time the weekend is over. So I need that Monday just to kind of recharge and everything else and be able to come back and do more of these episodes. But, um, but yeah, that weekend, man, it's just so much fun. So like I said, if you're thinking about coming, but you're just like, I don't know anyone there, um, reach out to me and let me know that you're coming. That would be awesome because then I know to look out for you or whatever. And like I said, even if we've never met before and you've never reached out before, that's totally fine. Still come. You know, like I said, look for Shannon and Brian's table and say, you know, hey, I'm looking for the Star Joes guys. Like, just simply ask for us. And, you know, if we're not there, someone will be there or Shannon and Brian will know, you know, hey, yeah, look for, you know, you can hang out here. They'll be back or whatever. Um, we'll be I'll be wearing a Star Joes T-shirt all weekend. Uh, and then I know some of the other guys will be, too. So, you know, stop us and let us know. Yeah, I listened to this show. You know, Ryan said to to let somebody know that I'm here and uh, I'm eager to meet you guys. So, you know, we'll we'll make sure that you're taken care of and that you have a blast because we have a blast that and everyone around us has a blast. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but now for the reason that we are actually here, which is the Kessel Run, uh, and this relates 
back to some Star Wars talk from earlier because what I'm going to actually be covering here today is I'm going to be going back to the Marvel run of Star Wars. So uh, I haven't touched this one in a while, just like I didn't for Transformers and just like I didn't for G.I. Joe. And I was like, I got to get back to these issues. So the last issue that I know that we covered was issue 10 of, of Star Wars. So we did not cover issue 11. I'm going to cover that with you guys today. Um, and again, hopefully it, it won't be as long as the last time was. So uh, I already have thoughts and plans to be getting back to G.I. Joe again, getting back to Micronauts, getting back to Transformers, covering more of these Star Wars issues. Uh, I'm going to do, there's going to be a lot of Castle Runs coming up in the next, you know, probably six months uh, because this is really what the show was founded on. It was founded on these properties, both the old stuff and the new stuff. And uh, I'm covering the new stuff in the YouTube channel. So, you know, check again, check that out if you want to want to hear my thoughts on some of the newer books that have come out related to these properties. I'm covering the old stuff in these Kessel runs. And also in the Kessel runs, I'm also looking at covering some of the semi newer stuff. So, uh, the Dreamwave Transformers, I want to cover that. I want to cover the Devil's Due, G.I. Joe. Um, Chuck and I are actually talking about doing that one together. So that'll bring Chuck back to doing podcasting uh, with me, which will be awesome. And I know you guys are excited about that thought. Um, so there's a lot of things to cover when it comes to that. Uh, there's uh, Voltron from Image slash Devil's Due that I thought was a great run. Uh, it was a short run, too. I want to get back to doing the Thundercats run that was done by Wildstorm. So, like I said, there's a, I haven't forgotten about any of these things. Um, I also want to cover some of the things that are going to be fairly topical, but go back to some older stuff. So, I want to cover Visionaries. Uh, I know since that's coming out, I want to cover that. Uh, I've had some people that have offered to come on the show with me, and I am all in favor of that. Uh, what I told them that I will do, and if you're someone that's interested in doing this as well, uh, is typically when I cover these, do these Kessel Run episodes, I do them just like I'm doing right now, which is like, hey, I've got some time. Let me go ahead and record an episode. I'll read the comic and I'll record the episode. Uh, so that's what I did tonight. So it's not always planned. I don't always have it planned out. But for people that want to record one of these episodes with me, uh, we'll coordinate something. We'll, we'll work it out. Uh, I don't record every night. I don't record, uh, you know, cons you know, I try to leave some days in between doing recordings because I do spend time with my wife and I do sp spend time going out and, and doing some fun things that you guys have heard on, on these episodes. But I am eager to have you guys on these episodes with me. It's always easier or I guess maybe more fun for me when someone else is there that I can bounce things off of and they can bounce stuff off of me. Uh, obviously I have no problem just talking to myself, but I've learned to be able to do that over the years of doing this podcast. So, um, which has been very helpful for doing the YouTube stuff because I'm literally talking to a camera. Like right now I'm just talking to a microphone. So if you don't think that that is tough to do, try doing it just one time and <laughs> you start finding out, uh, how weird it is. Uh, you almost can't take that step back and go, this is really odd. I am sitting in my kitchen right now in the middle of the night. It's after one o'clock in the morning and I am talking to nobody. 
Uh, so uh, it, it is always interesting. But like I said, I am happy to have people come on with me and uh, I will reach out to some of you guys and try to coordinate something so we can cover some of those uh, issues that you guys are excited about. Uh, like I said, definitely plan on a Visionaries episode to come out in probably the next month or so. Uh, because with IDW looking to do visionaries, I want to cover you know some of the older issues and everything else. So uh, kind of get you guys prepared for what is to come in case you're someone that doesn't know what visionaries is. So you know I know with a lot of these 80s properties, I know probably way more than I need to know about these 80s properties. Um, some of it comes from doing the show, but a lot of it comes from I just grew up with all this stuff like, when maybe some of you guys were, you know, you love G.I. Joe or you love Transformers and, and you love Star Wars. So you, you watch the Star Wars movies, you watch the G.I. Joe cartoon, you watch the Transformers cartoon, and, and that may have been it for you guys, and which is still freaking awesome. But a lot of times if I turned on G.I. Joe and I said, oh, this is a rerun, I would flip the channel and see what else is on. And that's how I watched shows like Visionaries and Mask and Inhumanoids and Thundercats and He-Man and uh, Ventures of the Galaxy Rangers and uh, Jason the Wheeled Warriors and Silverhawks and just all these things that for some people are very obscure and don't have the slightest clue what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so I'm eager to bring those types of things back to you guys and, and cover them with you. And I know there's a lot of you guys out there that know all of these things just like I do. Uh, but for those of you who don't, it's like I want to kind of show you what's coming because I know there's some of you guys out there that are reading the Hasbro Shared Universe through IDW, which overall they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, could they be doing better? Yeah. But overall they're doing a pretty good job. Like First Strike I really liked. Um, I liked this I really liked the start of Mask. I thought Mask started off extremely strong. Uh, issue six was probably my favorite issue uh, where you actually got some history to the Venom characters. And I think that could have been expanded upon beyond just one issue. Uh, and then it really has taken a downturn the last couple issues. I just got caught up today. In fact, got caught up to issue nine and thought the issue nine was just horrible. I, the art was bad. The writing was bad. Um, I, I didn't like it at all. So it started off strong and went downhill. GI Joe for me has the new GI Joe. I actually been reading that and got caught up on it. And I actually want to have Aubrey Sitterson on the show. I'm sure he's happy to come on from everything I've heard about him. And, uh, you know, I don't like the art on the new G.I. Joe book, but I do like the story overall. Although I think the Fatal Fluffies thing has been run, it's run its course. Um, so, and I know he's going for more of a sci-fi and it does have the feel of the cartoon, which is, I think one of the reasons I kind of like it is because it, that's one of the things I mentioned as far as like, if we have a GI Joe that's like lighthearted, like the cartoon, and then still have a GI Joe that's serious, you know, that's what I'm in favor of. So uh, we've got the lighthearted. Now I'd like an IDW universe comic that's GI Joe that's like that gritty realism as well. So um, I don't know if we'll get that or not at some point, but I will say the GI Joe book it, it started off actually pretty strong as far as story goes. Again, I don't like the art at all on it, but story-wise, I thought it's been pretty good. Uh, it's gone a little downhill recently. I'm hoping it'll pick up. Some characters don't really have the voices that I feel like they should have, but 
that I can live with. So um, I'm getting caught up on ROM right now, uh, which has actually gotten better. The first few issues of ROM I could not stand. I thought it was horrible, but the last few issues that I've been reading have actually been really good. I'm not totally caught up yet, but I'm getting there. Uh, I am totally caught up on Revolutionaries, which I actually think is a fantastic title. Uh, the last issue, number seven, was kind of jumped around a bit, but all the issues that led up to it have been really good. It finally answers in Revolutionaries what happened to the care, to the Cobra agents that were left on the moon. So somebody realized that, you know what, we never finished saying what happened to those characters. Let's finish that story. So they did that. Um, and then I am working on getting caught up on Transformers. Transformers is the title I have the most, I'm the farthest behind on. And I'm working, I'm reading probably about three to four issues a week uh, to get caught up on that one. It's going to take me a while. I really let that just, that one just kind of pile up. And not because I wasn't enjoying it. It's just like more than meets the eye is extremely wordy. Uh, it's not bad necessarily, but it's very wordy. And so you, you, know, you take, you know, a normal comic probably takes me about 10 to 15 minutes to read. More than ECI takes me about half hour to 45 minutes to read. Um, so that makes it tough to just like, hey, let me plow through these because I need two hours basically to read three or four of them. Um, and that can be really tough uh, some days because it's like once I'm done with one issue, I'm like, you know what, I, I need to read something else a little bit lighter, a little bit <laughs> less wordy and just a lot of action. IDW is doing a, a good job overall. Could they be doing better? Absolutely. But I do think they're doing a good job with the shared universe. So I'm looking forward to Visionaries and where that is going to fall in with everything else. Oh, Micronauts also. I'm almost caught up on that. I'm up to the point of the Baron Cars, a miniseries. Uh, I am still enjoying Micronauts. I think it's a fun series. It has not gone it hasn't gone up in quality, but it hasn't gone down in quality either. I think it's just one of those comics that's just fun to read. Uh, so, And that's all I really expected with it. So that one, I would say, has probably been the most stable from beginning up through now. Uh, so that's kind of where I am in my comic reading when it relates to Star Joe's stuff. Turtles, uh, I've I've been reading. Uh, I am probably a couple issues behind on that one, which is not a big deal. That's, you know, sitting down one time and reading a couple issues, and I'm, I'll be totally caught up on that. Uh, in fact, I do want to do a uh, YouTube video of they just started their Dimension X uh, story story arc, and I want to actually cover that. Uh, one of the issues, I want to cover the first part of, of the first issue of that. So I'll probably get caught up you know, tomorrow or something like that with turtles so I can do that video. Um, so that's kind of where I am with all the Star Joe stuff. Star Wars, I'm completely caught up. I'm really enjoying that stuff. I'm looking forward to some of the titles that are coming out. Darth Vader has been awesome. Star Wars has been awesome. Uh, some of the uh, Dr. Afra I've surprisingly liked more than I thought it would. I always liked the character and I, I thought she was great, but I didn't know how she would work as her own series. She's actually pretty solid. So uh, Poe Dameron, it's a fun series. Again, it's kind of like Micronauts where it's not hasn't gone down in quality, hasn't gone up in quality, but it's just been consistently good, and I've just been consistently enjoying it. So so uh, I know I've already promised a mul multiple times in this episode. Like With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into what this episode's about, and now we're actually going to do that. So... <laughs> um, 
I didn't mean to go off on tangents there, but that's what happens sometimes when I'm recording by myself. And it's also what happens sometimes when I'm recording with other people. Uh, but I know there's been a lot of people that have been curious as to where, you know, how I've been enjoying some of the other Stargis titles that are out there, the, the current day stuff, because we're not covering it on the show. And I wasn't covering much on the YouTube stuff. It had been six months since I had recorded anything for YouTube. So that's changing, obviously. So just wanted to kind of get, bring you guys up to speed. I know not everyone's on Patreon. So, you know, there's just a few people that have done uh, Patreon so far. They've heard me talk about stuff that I'm reading as I'm doing the previous episodes. I talk about like, oh, I've been reading this or I've been caught up on this or whatever. My thoughts on certain things like that. So uh, when I'm, whenever I'm doing the previews episodes, that's when it actually covers everything that you would see uh, that I'm reading currently. So I, I, I'll talk about DC stuff. I'll talk about Marvel stuff. I'll talk about uh, independent stuff. And I, cover, and I certainly covered all the Star Joe stuff. So whenever uh, I'm doing those previews episodes, that's what I'm talking about. So really, if you want to know like what other stuff I'm reading, what other stuff I'm enjoying, uh, you know, just check out Patreon and, and like I said, uh, you can easily access that for, uh, relatively, like I said, relatively cheap in my eyes, which is $3 a month. I know that's not doable for everybody, but, uh, it is out there as an option and they are just extra episodes. So you're still going to be getting these episodes for free though. Those episodes are just the preview stuff and other project things that I want to talk about and cover. So, and speaking of Patreon, I uh, also wanted just to give a shout out to our uh, sponsors that are out there. So Jonathan Morgantini, Matt Anderson, and just recently Benjamin uh, Penserga. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They all pledged uh, at the $10 level uh, per month, which means they get sponsorship. I reached out to Ben uh, or Benjamin. I will call him Benjamin because that's what he has on here. And I don't, I mean, he didn't put Ben. So I don't know. If you know, whatever someone wants to be called, that's what I call them. So Benjamin, I reached out to him and let him know, you know, if there's something he wants me to sponsor on the episodes, I'm happy to do that. Haven't heard back from him yet. So Benjamin, if you're listening to this episode and you do want me to, to promote something for you, uh, then just reach out and let me know. Uh, I'm happy to do that for you. So uh, Jonathan Morgantini, I know had a couple people reach out to me and to him in regards to doing the role-playing game. I don't know if he still needs some people for that or not. Jonathan, you could let me know uh, so that I can alert people maybe on the next episode if you're still needing people. But until I hear otherwise, I would say Jonathan still needs maybe a couple more people, maybe one or two. Uh, so he is doing a role-playing G.I. Joe game, and he plans on, once he has it all organized, actually potentially recording it, and we might actually throw it out as a Star Joe's episode. So that would be pretty cool. Uh, so let me know if you want to do that and I will actually get you in touch with Jonathan then and he can get that all set up with you. Let me go ahead and jump into the Star Wars issue number 11 here. So this is uh, issue. It says the fate of Luke Skywalker, which is very misleading as far as what happens in this issue. Uh, it's it was interesting because, you know, on the cover we have Luke and he's saying, R2-3PO, into the ship. My blaster's not stopping this thing. And it's this huge, like, snake-like water beast. 
and 3PO saying, but Master Luke, the ship is sinking. And all that you see on this cover actually happens almost word for word in the issue, which is really cool. But the reason I say it's misleading is because most of the issue does not deal with this situation. In fact, this is like the end of the issue, uh, the stuff that you're seeing on the cover here. Most of the issue deals with Han Solo and Chewbacca and Princess Leia. So this cover, I, I just kind of wonder if it would have been better served as issue 12's cover. I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, the what you see on the cover actually does happen, and it's a really cool action shot. But it's not what actually the whole issue is about or the whole focus of the issue is about. Um, the story is written by Archie Goodwin. Uh, and he is the writer and editor, and I, I don't know how I feel about that sometimes. Now, he does have Roy Thomas as the consulting editor. When you're the writer and the editor, you're going to be a little bit biased towards your own work, and you might not feel like it needs any editing to it. And th there was one snag in this issue that I thought, well, somebody else looking at what you wrote may have actually helped make sure that this error that I think is an error didn't happen. So, um, so I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about when someone is a writer and the editor because I feel like they're biased towards their own work. Like that looks good. Let's go ahead. Although back then that may not have been much of the case. I, I think maybe they would have been, I mean, you hear through rose colored glasses, like, Oh, they were harder on themselves back then and everything else. But I think some of that was true. Now that's not to say there aren't creators out there right now that aren't hard on themselves. I, I know that there are. There's creators out there that, you know, they look at their work and they think every bit of it is is crap and garbage. I know Tom King thinks that way. Um, he's writing Batman right now and, and he listens to all the horrible criticism. He doesn't really listen to the praise or anything like that that he gets. He, he just really listens to the stuff that people don't like and he's probably his own harshest critic. So I know that there's people out there that are like that now. Uh, and I think it does help them become even better creators when when you're like that. When I mean, don't be too harsh on yourself, but at the same time, you got to be critical of what you're putting out there. So uh, I know I am super critical of this podcast. Everything that I do, I'd rather hear what I'm not doing well and what you guys want from me uh, than to hear, oh, you're awesome, the show's awesome, and everything else, and then behind the scenes, you're like, yeah, I'm not enjoying it anymore. It, there's always room for improvement. And I guess I'm my own editor, so that's a little, I guess I'm my own worst enemy because i am just said that I'm not a big fan of when a creator is also the editor, but uh, no one else wants to edit these podcasts. So uh, <laughs> we also have the art is by Carmine, uh, Carmine Infantino and Terry Austin. Uh, we have the letter is Joe Rosen and the colorist is Janice Cohen and we open up to the Millennium Falcon. It is leaving Aduba 3, which is where Han and Chewie were in the previous issue. Uh, the Falcon is kind of oversimplified drawn. Obviously, there's a lot of minute detail when you're drawing the Millennium Falcon. I mean, anytime an artist has to take something that is super detailed in real life, like it was for you know Star Wars, you know at least the model of you know, was real life that was used in the movie. And then you have to draw it. it it's tougher to do, like, because you have to draw a lot of pages and the Falcon doesn't really lend itself to not having a lot of detail. 
if you want it to look just like the Falcon. So uh, we run into that with R2-D2 later in the issue as well. Like R2-D2 has a lot of detail to them. It's tough to just draw that in every single panel that you need to. But we have the Falcon, it's like I said, it's, a leave, it's leaving a Duba 3. And uh, we have Hans like looking back at, you know, how that was kind of their home for a little while. They've been on the run because they have a bounty on their head. And he's thinking back about the crew that he actually met down there. Uh, and he said there was Jim, the Starkiller kid, which, again, I love the fact that they referred to him as Starkiller. And when you look at Jim, he kind of has a bit of a, a Luke look to him. So, and we know that Luke uh, Skywalker originally was supposed to be Starkiller uh, instead of Skywalker. So uh, he said his robot Effie and uh, Amaza, which is our lady friend from the Black Hole Gang, which I found that interesting too when I was reading this. I know it had been mentioned obviously in the earlier issue, but you have the Black Hole Gang and... Uh, if I remember right, in the uh, Shadows of the Empire, it's the Black Sun organization, I believe is what it's called. I don't think it's the Black Hole organization. I believe it's the Black Sun organization. But I wonder if some of that inspiration for that came from this. You know, I, I don't know. It's It could be a bit of a stretch. You're dealing with space, too. So Black Sun, Black Hole, it's, it's not too tough to come up with something that sounds similar to something that came out before. Uh, he refers to Jackson, who looked like a, a bunny and fought like a tiger. Uh, and we know we do see Jackson later. Uh, not in this issue, but we see him later in the series. I'm almost positive. Yeah, pretty sure we do. Uh, then we have Don Juan Quixote, uh, which is a crazy old-timer who thought he was a Jedi Knight. Uh, which my buddy Keith Knudsen must just love the fact that there is a character named Don Juan Quixote but it's spelled very Star Wars-esque, and I thought that was cool. Keith is a big Don Quixote fan, so uh, he, in fact, he will go to comic conventions and have artists draw Don Quixote instead of having him draw, like, Spider-Man and stuff like that. And I will say artists absolutely love it, because uh, you have to figure it's something that they are never asked to draw, and so they get to have, like, they get to really flex their art skills and draw something they never did before, so... He mentions and Hedgy, the quill throwing spiner. Um, so he talked, he's thinking about how they lost people at, you know, they saved a group of people, but then they did so at a high price. Uh, the price was a damn high one, is how it was referred to in here. And I know that Effie, the droid, was destroyed, but they show in this issue, like, uh, Hedgy as if Hedgy was killed and like you see him kind of falling backwards and it looks like he's referring to Hedgy having died and I was like I don't remember Hedgy dying so I went back to the previous issue and I only skimmed it but when I got to the last point that I saw Hedgy he was attacking a giant creature and he threw his quills and that was it, it the quills didn't have any effect on the creature it really just made it angrier but at no point did the creature kill Hedgy. So this is where I feel like maybe another editor looking at it would say, well, you have to change this part because Hedgy didn't die. And maybe Hedgy was supposed to die in the previous issue and he just didn't. Or maybe he was supposed to die and they just forgot to show it on panel. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Hedgy, I think, is still alive. But probably doesn't matter because I never see him again. 
Han does say, you know, at some point, I'm sure, you know, we'll team up with the survivors again. He launches the coordinates. Uh, they decide that they are going uh, to back to Leia and Luke in that. Uh, Chewie thinks that Han is going soft, and he's like, no, it's just it's a safe place for us to hide out for a while. Again, we have this bounty on our heads. Don't be taking away uh, my hard exterior. I am still the mercenary that I've always been. So uh, they go to take off. They decide to stop a little bit early of where they would want to go because there's a chance that an Imperial Star Destroyer or some type of starship will be out there looking for them. So he wants to make sure he's ready for them, doesn't want to fly right into the middle of a trap. Uh, unfortunately, what ends up happening is he gets, uh, he does see a starship show up. Uh, he gets nervous, but then he realizes that it's a, a pirate ship of uh, Crimson Jack uh, that looks kind of like a Star Destroyer. It's like a smaller version of a Star Destroyer. Um, and he realizes that, you know what, there must have been a tracker put onto his ship, and that's why Crimson Jack now knows that he's there. Uh, he decides to allow the Falcon to be captured uh, because he actually has a plan. So he gets captured. He tells Crimson Jack that he knows where there's some treasure. Uh, he sees that Princess Leia has been captured, and the last we saw Princess Leia, she had been out looking for Luke because Luke had sent a transmission back to base about a good location for the rebels to set up a new base and then his transmission went out and she got nervous and decided to leave to go after him. Uh, well she got captured by Crimson Jack and Crimson Jack is wanting to find out uh, where the rebel base is so that way she can uh, he can hold her for ransom and but she won't tell him because she knows if she tells him, not only will he get the ransom for her, but then he'll turn around and sell that information to the Imperials. So kind of a win-win for him uh, and a lose-lose for her. So Han is being threatened to that he'll be shot at. They do take some shots at him, and Chewie helps drive a distraction long enough for Han to be able to get a hold of a gun, point it up at Crimson Jack, and basically say that he wants to talk, that he knows where there's treasure, he knows how to get him more treasure, and they'll just split it 50-50. What, what Han basically says to Crimson Jack to convince him is he says that the rebels have a, a lot of treasure available to them. He said, you know, I was paid handsomely for rescuing the princess before, and so I know that they have plenty of money available, and... He's uh, there's one of the female pirates. Her name is Jolly. Uh, kind of funny when, you know, like a Jolly Roger when it comes to pirates. Uh, her name is Jolly and she doesn't trust Solo and uh, she just wants to kill Solo, which is, again, it's one, it, it's one of those things where there's always that character that does the thing that they probably should do. And then there's the leader who decides to not do that, which is why the heroes always end up winning. So Crimson Jack is, you know, pretty convinced of this. He's like, yes, I've heard of, you know, them having a lot of treasure available. And I've heard of them, uh, of this rescue that you, that you did, supposedly did. And he, Han says, uh, yeah, well, the one thing is I can get the information out of the princess because, during her rescue, uh, she actually fell in love with me. So he goes over to Leia and he goes to 
fake a kiss on her and he says, you know, basically lets her know that he has a plan in mind and he's glad that she didn't open her mouth and kind of ruin it, uh, which goes against her nature, he points out. Uh, and she says, he's like, just play along and we'll, we'll be fine. And she goes, okay, I'm going to play along, but I need you to take my lead on this. And she knocks him over the head and knees him in the head and like calls him scum and everything else. And she refers to the, uh, the Drexel system is where their treasury is. And this is actually not where their treasury is. This is actually the system that Luke went to that Leia was heading out after. Crimson Jack orders for Leia to be put back into her cell. Uh, and they decide that they're going to head out to the Strexel system. We have Jolly that takes Leia to the, the cell. And Leia says, you know, says you obviously have some harshness towards Captain Solo. And she's like, I, it's not just him, it's all men. And Leia makes a comment about that not all men are really that bad. Uh, and, you know, Solo is a bit of, uh, does kiss well. And this seems to make Jolly pretty mad, and she kicks the door closed and leaves. So, And even the narration kind of says that there's something about her being mad. It just didn't make a lot of sense. So there might be some history there uh, that we may see in the future. But then we get uh, Leia is this the creepy scene because, again, we don't know at this point when these comics were being made. We didn't know that Leia and Luke were brother and sister. So we have Leia thinking about Luke at this time, and she can't get her mind off of him and everything else, and is hoping he is okay. And we get this flashback to how Luke flew off and how they got a transmission from him that he's in the Drexel system. And then he looks up and he says, no, it, it isn't possible. It, and then all of a sudden the transmission cuts out, so Leia decides to fly out after him. And she's realizing that, well... Even though she's captured, the search for Luke should still continue if Han picks up on uh, her signals and where she was going. So, And Han did. Uh, Han basically is talking with Cap, uh, Crimson Jack, and he's uh, saying, you know, I don't... He's thinking to himself, I don't know why we're going out to the Drexel system. Like, I've heard nothing but bad things about that place. So, you know, that it's it's a place that you don't want to go to, uh, that, you know, people meet their demise there and everything. And But uh, they're going to head out there anyways. And he's, he's thinking, Han's thinking, yeah, kid, wherever you are and whatever mess you're in, you're about to have lots of company. And now we get the issue or the, the section of the issue that focuses on Luke dealing with that huge snake sea monster. Uh, and he's shooting his blaster up at him. Uh, he's pointing out the fact that it's not stopping him and he's actually, the blast shots are getting weaker and weaker. 3PO is pointing out that the ship is sinking, but Luke's pointing out the fact that, you know, even though it's sinking, it'll be sinking a lot less if they can get inside than they would if they stayed outside. So uh, they get into the ship and right then is when the, the monster barrels down on the ship, hits it once. They were able to seal it just in time, but Luke knows that one more hit and the ship is done for. R2 
notices uh, that they can get to an escape pod, uh, 3PO, of course, chastises them and says, you know, you're heading towards the deeper end, and if there's one thing that I hate more than uh, space travel, it's swimming, which you can imagine for a droid isn't one of their favorite things in the world. Uh, again, we have R2, as I was mentioning earlier. R2 is drawn with some really good detail here, but not as detailed as he would be, like, in real life. Uh, so... Uh, they did a really good job considering how many panels they had to draw him in and everything. Uh, we do get the escape pod launches out. Uh, they get away just in time to see the, the sea serpent smash down on their ship. Uh, and Luke's watching through opening of the escape pod and he's got his binoculars out and he notices that another sea serpent has come up, but this one has a rider on it. Um, and this is really interesting to me. This is how the issue ends, but it's really interesting to me because it reminds me very much of the Star Wars holiday special where we get introduced to Boba Fett for the first time. Because it's been a while since I've seen the cartoon, but I do remember Boba Fett riding a sea serpent, or uh, I'm pretty sure it was a sea serpent, that Luke had crashed in some water. Uh, he has sea serpent kind of attack, uh, attacking and Boba Fett came by and kind of saved the day, and he was riding a sea serpent. And that's what this reminds me of. And I don't know if that's where where they got the inspiration for that cartoon, because this issue, I'm almost certain this issue, I'd have to double check, but I'm almost certain this issue came out before that, that cartoon, that special was released. I'll have to check the timing on that, but it, it really does coincide very closely with it. Uh, so I just found it interesting, because it, it really does look like almost a similar situation for both. Uh, and then we get next issue, Doom World. And uh, that was at one time collected as an entire trade by itself was Doom World. So uh, the the Star Wars stories of the Marvel run have been collected in so many different ways, but I do remember Doom World very vividly being the title of one of the early, early trades uh, that I remember getting when I was younger. Um, this, what I'm reading this one in is I'm not reading the actual issue. I think I've mentioned in the past, I don't actually own very many of the actual issues of star Wars from the Marvel run. I think that's something eventually I, I will try to collect. I did look when I was at Neocon at some of the later issues that they had. Um, and the issues, the, at least the one place I looked, the last issue was just ridiculously expensive, um, to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy that right now. Um, I've seen it online for like a hundred dollars, which is a lot for an issue, but I also know that that is the most rare issue for star Wars. It's the toughest one to get because it's the last one, low print run, all of that fun stuff. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever collect all of the Marvel run in individual issues, but I do have them all in the hardcover omnibus collections that Marvel has recently released. And I know what they're doing right now is they're releasing the trade versions. So I believe the first trade has already been out. I, uh, maybe even the first two trades have already been out. And there's another one that's been solicited not that long ago. So if you're someone that likes trade paperbacks, you don't want the huge hardcover collections. Because uh, the omnibuses, omnibus editions, they really do get a little cumbersome to try to read and everything else. Because they're heavy, they're big, there's a lot of issues in them, especially some of the really big ones. Uh, but the Star Wars ones aren't too bad. Uh, they're manageable. I can definitely lift this, carry it around, and 
uh, have it sit in my lap and actually read it versus, you know, there's somewhere you just, you need to sit at a table and actually read. And that's not the most comfortable thing in the world. It's one of the things I love about comics is I can actually just, you know, grab a comic, sit there casually and read it and, you know, move on to the next one and whatnot. Uh, whereas some of these large omnibus editions, I have to like go to a table and sit down and read them. That's what I had to do when uh, I did the cosmic Marvel Cosmic stuff and I wanted to read the first appearance of Silver Surfer. I have the Fantastic Four Omnibus Editions. Those are some big, massive Omnibus Editions, and I had to sit at a table to actually read them. So the Star Wars ones aren't too bad. Uh, they're, they're, they are big, but they're manageable big. Like You can you get a lot of issues in here, and but you can actually sit down in a chair and and read the read this omnibus without it being too cumbersome so uh but like i said there are trades that are coming out as well uh one thing that i'd love to see them do is not so much with star wars because they did do it but what they did with star wars made me think of it is uh recently probably in the last couple years uh marvel actually recolored using modern day coloring techniques uh, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I believe they did it for all three. And I have them if, if they did. I, I know, I remember specifically Star Wars A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I have to imagine they did it for Return of the Jedi as well. Uh, and I, at least I probably have it, have them all sitting together on a bookshelf. But looking at what they did there, those issues are amazing. I would love to see, number one, I'd love to see the entire Marvel run recolored using modern day coloring techniques. The, the art stays the same. The story stays the same. All of that stays the same, but you, you're not left with the, the flat coloring that they had to use back then. Uh, there's gradations that you see when they use modern day coloring. There's uh, different details that they're able to add into it. Uh, explosions look like explosions. They don't look like just a yellow cloud. Uh, you have things like I was mentioning with the Falcon where they'll actually add that detailed circuitry and everything else to make it look really sharp, make it look the way it's supposed to look. So, uh, And that's all done just with coloring. It's not adding anything more to the actual pencil work or the inking or anything like that. So I'd love to see them do it for the entire series. That will never happen. I understand that. But I would love to, what I would really love to see that is realistic is I would love to see IDW do the same thing with Transformers, the first miniseries. So there was the original miniseries that turned into an ongoing series. The first miniseries was four issues. It was just supposed to be four issues. If they did just those four issues with the recoloring, I think I would love to see what that would look like because one of the problems with the old Marvel run of Transformers was that the coloring was just, I mean, it was, it was bad in some places. So I would love to see them do a reworking of that with modern day coloring techniques. Uh, and, you know, I know this might be blasphemy for some people, but uh, even do that maybe with G.I. Joe, like maybe take the first few issues of G.I. Joe and do that, or uh, the snake eyes stuff you know around issue 21 and all that like maybe redo it takes a story arc and just recolor it using modern day tech uh techniques and everything i think it could look really cool and i think it'd be really fun um so i don't know i'd like to hear your guys thoughts when it comes to that but 
so that was issue number 11 of Star Wars from the original Marvel run. Uh, you guys read it before. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. Uh, I have never read all the way through the entire Marvel run of Star Wars. So this is my opportunity to do that. I've read issues here and there, you know, spotty ones here and there. But I've never run, read it all the way through from beginning to end. I know there's some of you guys out there that have. So when I'm mentioning stuff like I think Jackson appears again and things like that, that's just for me skimming through stuff and trying to remember and maybe from those spotty issues that I read here and there. So I know some of you guys are way more well-versed in the Marvel stuff. So I'd love to hear from you guys as far as, you know, what characters do appear later. Does, you know, is there something that's developed between Jolly and Han Solo, like, do we find out that they had some type of past uh, together before? Um, and if someone wants to do the research, I'm sure I'll do it after this recording. Well, not after this recording. After this recording, I'm going to bed. But <laughs> but uh, probably tomorrow sometime, I will probably look to see what was the timing between the holiday special and the, that Boba Fett cartoon coming out and issue number 11 coming out. I have to think that issue 11 came out first, but I could be totally wrong. Um, that holiday special may have come out first. Uh, or they may have come out around the same time and may have been just a happy coincidence that there was two sea monsters with both of them having riders that helped save Luke from a crashed ship. Seems unlikely that it would be that much of a coincidence, but it could happen. So uh, so I'd love to hear from you guys when it comes to that, that type of stuff. Like, what do you think of the original Marvel run, uh, especially up to this point? I, I love, too, that they are called the Star Warriors. Uh, when Leia is thinking of Luke, uh, as I had mentioned, she refers to him having become a Star Warrior. And I'm like, that was such a lame-ass name for, for this. I mean, I don't know what else you call them, but uh, obviously nowadays we don't even call them anything. They were just the rebels. They were the uh, heroes of the rebellion if you needed to give them a name. Uh, but yeah, to call them the Star Warriors, it was such a product of its time. So all right, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the uh, on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. I've recently linked both those together, so if you do find one of them, you should be able to find both of them. Uh, and if you request to become a member of the group, I will approve it the second I see it. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Uh, I said we will be having uh, Robert and John and myself on an animated episode coming up soon. So please call and leave us a voicemail. We haven't had one in quite a while, so love to play some voicemails for them and uh, have them respond to those for you. Uh, leave us an email at uh, starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. In fact, on Instagram, I post uh, through Starjoes. That's how you'd find it. But I post stuff that I'm reading. So I mentioned that I talk about some of that stuff with the previews episodes uh, on Patreon that I release. But I also post reviews, comic reviews of stuff that I'm reading. I don't post everything that I read because sometimes I'm reading chunks of stuff. And uh, I'm not sitting there with the camera taking pictures of every single thing that I'm reading and putting a review. But I do post a lot of reviews uh, on Instagram. So check that out and uh, please comment underneath them too. Like if you're, re if you've read the same stuff or read or are reading the same stuff, uh, you know, let me know what you you think about what, what you read or that issue or something like that. Um, I've also, um, we're also on Twitter and those Instagram posts go right to Twitter. And I've had a few people respond to those, which is great. 
Uh, it's at Star Joe's Podcast, so you can follow us on Twitter. And uh, I'd mentioned Patreon a few times on this episode. Check that out as well. We do also have Star Joe's merchandise, and uh, you can get T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that type of stuff. We will have a promotion coming up on those. Uh, I do get emails every once in a while about promotions where people can get some discounts on that stuff. And I need to do a better job of letting you guys know when those are available. So, because there's like actual promo codes and everything else. And that's another reason to follow us on the Star Joe's page on uh, Facebook is because I will be posting those uh, promo codes on there. And I think it's the one that's coming up, it's going to be from September 12th until the 19th, I want to say, 18th or 19th. Uh, I want to say the 19th, I think it's one full week. And it's going to be 15% off on anything that you purchase. So, that's pretty awesome. Um, it'll save you a few bucks, at least maybe on shipping or something like that. Uh, your cost for shipping, it'll take care of that for you. So, um, but yeah, that's about everything. Uh, also, well, also when it comes to the merchandise, if you think there's other shirts, like things that you'd like to see, like right now we just have the Star Joe's logo, which I think is awesome. Uh, I think anyone that listens to the show is a fan of the show should probably want a shirt with the logo on it. Just saying. Uh, I do get a lot of compliments when I'm wearing mine. Uh, people want to know what it is, and, and they have a lot of questions. They think it's just a cool design. I've had just people that aren't even interested in what it is. They just think it's a cool design. So, But if there's other, if you would actually be interested in other shirt designs, I can actually come up with some stuff. My wife's a graphic designer. I'm a bit of an artist. I can come up with some really cool things. I have some ideas, but I would want to know that there's an audience for those things. So let me know what... If, you know, hey, yeah, if you designed something, you know, and put it out there, I might actually be interested in, in getting a shirt or something like a Star Joe shirt or something like that. Um, that'd be cool to hear uh, and cool to know. And it gives me some other project to work on. So um, I believe that's everything. And like John has often said in the past, if I forgot something this time, we'll hit it up next time. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.